Aloha, and welcome to the Ram Gad Pod, the Realtors Association of Maui Government Affairs Director podcast. I am your host, Jason Economu, Government Affairs Director for the Realtors Association of Maui, and I am sitting with Sandy Baz, Managing Director for the County of Maui. Aloha, Sandy. Good morning. Aloha. So, Sandy, what does it mean to be Managing Director for the County of Maui? Oh boy, that's a loaded question. So, um, Managing Director for the County of Maui is uh, basically a combination of professional manager and vice mayor. Um, the charter uh, puts the position of a, a managing director as the principal management aide for the mayor, who is the uh, chief elected uh, officer for the county, right? He is basically the CEO. I'm more of the COO. Uh, so my daily job is managing 18 different departments and agencies in the county, um, about 2,600 employees. Uh, we have about an $800 million budget, including our capital programs. Um, yeah, that's a, that's about the 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 piece of it. So if you think about county services, you think about what you need at the county, um, other than basically the county council and their operations, I manage the rest of it. Uh, so police, fire, um, solid waste, you know, if you don't get your trash picked up, I get those kind of phone calls to make sure. Uh, and we try to do that in a manner that is uh, professional in looking at uh, performance and activities that are um, trying to meet the needs of the constituents and uh, that really is the role of the managing director um, now the vice mayor piece of it is when the mayor is not available uh, if he's traveling or if he's sick or uh, you know he needs me to do something for him then that's that's the other role that I have is a uh, role as acting mayor and so I have had to take on that role to, uh, as well throughout this uh, for six months or so. Do you look forward to those opportunities to be acting mayor? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, 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 I know some people would like that. Um, uh, my end goal isn't necessarily to be mayor, so I don't you know, look forward necessarily to the, the opportunities to be acting mayor. Um, I take that opportunity to and, and do the best I can with it. Um, there are occasions where you know being acting mayor means that I have to be down in the emergency operations center because we have uh, emergency disasters going on, uh, things like that. Um, you know, then you know it becomes more so the weight of 165,000 people and about 40,000 tourists here on a daily basis um, on my shoulders and making sure that um, they're safe, they're protected, they have, you know, the, the opportunity to thrive and, and grow and, and be a part of Maui County. And that's what it's about. You know, we have three different, well, actually, we have four different islands um, that we manage, including Koho Olave, uh, you know, Lanai, Molokai. Uh, they all have their own challenges and issues. And, um, you know, being a partner with the mayor in managing that piece is a, it's a real opportunity um, I feel blessed to have. And it's something that I, I don't take lightly. Um, and I honestly have to pray every day that, you know, that I have the strength, the wisdom, um, you know, make the right decisions and, and be there for uh, the needs of, of our people. Yeah. So... That sounds like a lot. <laughs> what? Where are you from? How did you get here to, to be prepared for this position? Um, so, so let's start with that first question of um, tell me a little bit about where you're from, how you grew up, what your family's like. Yeah, so I, I was born on Maui uh, in a place called Kanayo. Uh, it is uh, beyond Ulpalakua, uh, a 
before Kahiki Nui. Uh, it's a place that is very special um, in the hearts of many, but especially to me. Uh, imagine the rolling hills of Ireland. You know, uh, you see, you know, grassy knolls with um, lava rock. Uh, you know, because it's Maui, uh, <laughs> poking out through them. My neighbors were were cows in Upolakua Ranch. You know, so um, that's where I was, I was born and and raised uh, the first portion of my life. Uh, uh, through you know a, a little bit older, we moved to Kula um, in uh, Omopio Road. Uh, my grandpa had a farm uh, over there, a tomato farm and sprouts and different things like that. So I kind of grew up on a farm. Uh, my dad still lives in Ulupalakua and he has a, a big farm out there, uh, growing a lot of organic uh, products and things like that. Um, but it's so I got it, grew up in a country lifestyle, uh, going to Kula School, uh, graduated from St. Anthony High School in Wailuku. And it uh, really brought me to understand, um, first of all, you know, when you're a farmer, you have to be a jack of all trades, right? So you have to know a little bit about everything. You got to know how to weld, and you got to know how to do construction and electrical and um, husbandry and, you know, uh, grafting, of, you know, and growing plants, which I'm not that great at anymore. But uh, <laughs> most of my plants die. Uh, but, the, you know, those kind of things, you know, you, you, you got to know a lot about... Um, a little about everything and and you have to be good at, at a bunch of different things to make it work so um, that kind of I think led me the foundation of uh, of being able to to look at systems and look at the, and evaluate those systems and see how we can troubleshoot those my first car was um, actually the, somebody had owed my dad some money and gave him two two of the exact same kind of cars one ran and one didn't one had a decent body and the one that ran had a horrible body so um, to to have my first car we put the two together um, and so that was my experience and in, in, you know being a mechanic and um, and you know to get what I wanted which was to be able to drive um, that's that's what we did was we, we built a car and uh, that was you know th those kind of experiences you know you gotta figure out okay so um, the thing doesn't start well, is it electrical is it fuel you know those kind of things and so evaluating those pieces and understanding how things work together to get the end outcome uh, was something that my dad trained me um, from from the very beginning to to be able to understand and be able to um, under you know look at that end goal and what it takes to get to that end goal and so I still utilize those skills almost every day um, in in this role as well uh, my mom taught me um, about helping people uh, you know she was always helping people she was always there for others uh, including my sister and I you know I have one older sister now. And you know she really cared. Um, she worked hard. She you know made herself um, very valuable to her employer. And you know I always you know took on that role too, and just make sure that um, I'm I'm needed. You know that that I it's a privilege to to have a job, and so you got to work hard. Um, you got to make sure you're doing the best job that you can. And those are the kind of pieces that that helped me to uh, put the foundation of who I am together. Then uh, so I went to San Anthony. I went off to um, University of Hawaii Manoa uh, for a little while, and I really missed Maui. Um, I, I, so I didn't finish uh, college at that point. I, I came back home and started a family, and uh, I um, 
grew I had the computer experience and so I actually worked um, I worked for a locksmith uh, as their general manager the locksmith and access uh, company uh, security things like that um, uh, but I I started my own business doing computer consulting uh, for a while and one of my clients was Maui Economic Opportunity uh, MEO people are familiar with MEO and they have a big bus system they had some problems with their computer system so uh, they hired me to fix that and then they built a new building behind the Cameron Center uh, it's kind of old now it's actually just made its 20-year mark um, but they needed a, an IT person and I had been working for the county uh, doing their IT system here and got um, after about six months of trying to help them hire somebody they finally said please please just come and so I joined um, MEO and uh, Gladys Baisa was the executive director at the time. She uh, immediately kind of took me under her wings and, and asked me, you know, what is this, what is it in your future? What, are, what do you want to do in your life? And, you know, I told her the same thing. Oh, I just like to help people and, you know, fix things and, and all that. And she said, well, if you like to help people, then do you want to take on the role of, of helping people uh, managing MEO? And do you want to be my deputy? She was planning on retiring within about five years, and she wanted to train somebody. She wanted to to mentor somebody and um, and make sure that there was succession in the organization. And so she, um, uh, I prayed about it a lot, and you know, um, went to her back to her and say, okay, you know, sure, I'll, we'll tr we'll try this out. And uh, so she trained me. Uh, I was her deputy director for about five years, uh, and then when she retired, the board hired me to be the, the CEO of Maui Economic Opportunity. Um, MEO is a large nonprofit organization. Um, has about 300 employees. Uh, at the time, we had about a, when I started, we had about a 12, 13 million dollar budget. Um, so you know, pretty decent size organization. Uh, of course, everybody knows MEO from the buses, right? We have. It was like there was about 75 buses at the time driving um, elderly, disabled youth around Maui County. This is before there was a, a Maui bus. There was no Maui bus public transit system. So MEO was pretty much the only coordinated transportation system. And uh, they also run Head Start preschools. Uh, you know, so when you're looking at uh, preschools for... Uh, the, okay, I should go back a little bit. The, the main core function of MEO is a uh, community action agency. And community action agencies were uh, developed in the 1960s when President Lyndon Johnson signed the Economic Opportunity Act. Act. Um, it created these, uh, these community service organizations that were uh, helping people to make sure that they have an opportunity to be economically successful. Because what they realized was that without these core foundations of um, of a job and you know education, then they didn't have the same economic opportunities as as others at the time. So uh, it was kind of the start of this real uh, integrated system of social services and community services. And uh, MEO was one of the lead organizations of that. So with the Head Start, um, you know, it's a free preschool for low-income families so that kids can get a head start in life. They can get the uh, chance to have that preschool education that many don't. And uh, I, I didn't even go to school until actually first grade. Um, so that was, a, you know, you, you lose a little bit. Uh, I definitely understand that you lose a little bit when, uh, and I'm a, a heavy supporter of preschools because kids then have uh, not only the the educational piece but the social interactions and ability to, to work together as a, com as a community and 
so it kind of gives them that foundation. And if there's a, a book that uh, was written called Everything I Learned I Learned in Kindergarten, uh, yeah. really about social interaction and uh, making sure that you know you're you, you can work together um, and making sure that, you know we're part of a community together, right? So you learn from you know biting that you know you, you learn from those different kind of interactions and and then hopefully you grow and, and become a better community member because of those things. Uh, but it also gives them an educational head start so that when um, they're going through school, they are not falling behind. You know, they, if they, it identifies um, opportunities for them if there's learning disabilities or language disabilities, they can work with them individually at that time and start, start the process so that it's not uh, catch up um, you know, that the DOE has to work on later in life. Anyway, a lot about MEO, but um, uh, this community action agency uh, is really, it was always considered a, a mini, mini county. We had about five different departments and, uh, you know, like I said, 300 employees. So when I left, it had about a $20 million budget. Uh, and a lot of the services uh, that were provided were funded through government funds. Uh, you know, federal, it's a federal, uh, kind of quasi-federal agency because it, Provide, got block grant monies from a community services block grant, and it also provided um, a lot of uh, state uh, Department of Labor, right? You know, employment is a big piece of economic opportunity, so a lot of Department of Labor grants, uh, and then the county grants, and the largest was the transportation system uh, that we run, the human service organization, uh, human service transportation. And that was really uh, the key um, function of, of where I really started looking at this bigger role of helping the community. And when Mayor uh, Arakawa was on MEO's board, and then when he won his uh, election to office after losing uh, an election in, so in 2010, he approached me and uh, wanted me to, to join his administration. And I said, oh no, I, you know, I, I, I like my job, I'm you know, happy, um, it's a tough job, uh, you know, helping um, Families that are are low income, you know, that are having challenges to become self sufficient, but it was it was a rewarding job, um, and so but he, you know, again he kind of badgered me a little bit and you know asked me, you know, I really need you, you know, you can take that role and and help a larger uh, aspect of the community, and uh, he really needed me to fill um, a, a role that is kind of. Uh, interesting in the county called budget director uh, and so I was the budget director under under Arakawa and that that budget director isn't necessarily just it's not just a financial um, you know accounting kind of a job um, I did I did actually start school and, and we didn't talk about my schooling finishing it but um, with the intent of uh, actually becoming an account my mom was an accountant so I was thinking oh, I'd, I'd be an accountant and you know it's good at numbers so that works out well I worked for a CPA for for one tax season and I said this is not what I want to do um, so that's why I did my own uh, job doing computers and things like that but so um, you know, so the budget director role isn't isn't a financial piece. We have a finance director. They're the ones that are uh, managing, you know, the driver licensing and things like that. They also are the uh, assessing the real property taxes and collecting uh, all of that. They're the ones that write the checks. So, you know, so if you have a claim for the county or you need, you know, a bill paid, the, the checks come out, the payroll, everything comes out of the finance department. The budget um, uh, office within the office of the mayor is a little bit different role. Um, it's more 
really reviewing the operations of the departments and the requests that they have um, for resources to uh, be able to operate and provide those services to the county. So you have to have a good operational knowledge. Um, when having that experience at MEO uh, and being the CEO over there, I you know had had done construction, you know, capital improvement projects. I had managed, you know, large systems and employees and payroll and labor issues and all that kind of stuff. So it all, uh, that experience all helped me work with the departments to evaluate um, those requests for funding and whether they were appropriate to uh, provide the services for the county that the, you know, that the community not desired. And uh, so I, I took that job on and it was really, um, rewarding as well. You know, I could see uh, a larger impact um, as Mayor Arakawa had, had told me I would, you know, I, I could definitely see that. And uh, then, uh, uh, you know, I took, uh, it's kind of, you know, after I think six years of being the budget director, I had been offered the opportunity to be uh, the director of council services, uh, working for the county council members. And I thought, you know, that would be a good experience for me, uh, working with the members. I worked with them pretty closely doing the budget. Uh, I was down on the eighth floor for a couple months out of the year and once every couple of weeks because uh, the, the, one of the biggest functions that they have is reviewing and approving the budget, right? So um, that, that worked out well. Um, so I, I did. I went to council services. I, again, kind of like the CPA thing, it wasn't really something that I, w I decided that I wanted to do. And... Um, uh, and actually, uh, Mayor Arakawa was, uh, had a replacement for me for a little while, and then that replacement was moving to a different position, so he asked me to come back. And so I, I, came, I came back to be the budget director. And then uh, when he finished his term, um, you know, the, the next thing to do was to apply to stay within the county. You know, I, I like my job. I like being able to help people. Um, but there, you know, the, the positions are appointed by the mayor, so it depends on who the mayor is and if they decide they want to reappoint you, um, you know, that, that's their prerogative. Uh, so I met with uh, Mayor Victorino, you know, put, put in my application and I met with uh, Mayor-elect Victorino and um, he um, asked me, you know, I, I had applied for a couple different positions and he sat me down and says, you know, I'm um, thinking of, you know, hiring you to be the managing director. It's a role that I worked very closely with the former managing director Keith Regan. Uh, you know, he um, he was managing director under Arakawa, and the two of us um, really were the key, you know, leadership roles as far as you know. Again, the, the appropriations, right? The, the finances of, of the operations, and and him managing the departments and their in implementation of that, right? So. Um, it was something that we could work together on, and I, th I was thinking, oh, that might be an inter interesting role. And so um, uh, he, uh, so so Mayor Victorino um, uh, had me, you know, go through this panel interview process that he had. I'm sure you guys have heard about this uh, infamous panel that he had, and uh, they, you know, sat down, interviewed me, and kind of was nervous. It was the first real interview I had probably had in a decade, or more than a decade. So no probably two decades. Um, so it was, it was kind of interesting, but uh, really good community people um, that really care and really, um, you know, wanted the best interest of the county in their decisions of who are they going to recommend to the mayor to hire. And uh, they recommended me and, and he selected me as the managing director. And that was, you know, December 10th, was, you know, a little over six months ago. Yeah. And, uh, it, you know, uh, really, 
my life changed because um, taking on this this bigger role of not just knowing the operations of departments and being able to work with them. I had I have a good relationship with a lot of the mid-level staff. Um, you know, running the, the the budget piece of it, they need their money to be able to operate, right? So they all communicated with me very well. But you know, so this is like the division chief level, of, you know, being able to uh, you know take the operations of a department and really implement the, to provide the services. And that role uh, really was uh, something that that. Uh, I took on to the, now the management role in uh, making sure that the operations of the county, as well as um, the what what the managing director has, is a much larger role in uh, in actual like labor management and you know, implementing policies and procedures, uh, holding accountability, those kind of things. And um, one of the biggest responsibilities I kind of briefly mentioned before was this is this idea of uh, disaster management and you know dealing with the, within our first four days in office we had activated the emergency operations center uh, so our emergency management agency it used to be called civil defense um, was uh, activated we had a big fire that almost burned down hotel Wailea I don't know if you remember that and uh, you know it scrambled this is you know kind of I had I had been in the emergency operations center as the budget director yeah kind of you know paying attention a little bit and answering phones and things like that but not really taking on that that okay we got a mayor and I are the ones you know that are there making the final decision on these things about what you know what we're doing when we evacuate people when we don't and um, uh, that was a big, a big new piece to the role here and that was something that uh, you know it started to take on and you know we had um, a couple we have had a few different uh, activations of course recently with the fires again um, yeah, central Maui this is the first time that Kihei was cut off um, from the community, from Central Maui. Uh, the, the fires uh, blocked both North Kihei Road, uh, where the uh, Wildlife Reserve is, as well as um, Maui Veterans Highway. And uh, it was it was interesting having to deal with people that were stuck in Kihei trying to get out, how to deal with people that were uh, in Central Maui trying to get back to Kihei, um, deal with uh, services, you know, like our ambulance and, and all of that, as well as our, you know, like our bus services. Thankfully, actually, a couple buses were stuck in Kihei and could actually keep transporting people around the area um, and to our shelters. So we had to open up a bunch of sh uh, two shelters in Kihei and uh, two shelters in central Maui. Uh, it's funny because I mean, or I guess kind of sad too. With West Maui, we're used to being cut off. You know, mm. when the Pali has a fire, fire when there's an accident, uh, we're used to West Maui being cut off. They're a little bit more independent. It's like basically their own version of an island out there to a certain extent. Uh, when they get their new hospital, it'll be a much better version. But um, for for Kihei, um, it was it was a unique situation. You know, everybody's. In fact, uh, I was talking to the head of the airport uh, recently, uh, kind of evaluating what happened, different situation, and he had been advocating very heavily for the airlines to keep their personnel in Kihei instead of in in Lahaina. They, you know, they come. So so what happens when an airline flies over here? They're um, usually at the end of a long trip and they need a rest period. And so they go to a hotel and they get a rest period. And if they're in West Maui and the get, road gets cut off, then plane flights have to be canceled and things like that. They, either the, the 
guys can't get their pilots can't get their rest or they get cut off and can't get back to the airport um, so he's like heavily advocating for Kihei and now all of a sudden Kihei is cut off too so what do we deal with that and how, how do we deal with that situation and um, so we had uh, one uh, actually a couple airlines uh, ended up canceling a, a bunch of flights and, and now we had you know a lot of passengers to deal with too along uh, you know as well as our, our normal residents and uh, things like that so you know just a, a lot of different things thrown at you on a regular basis so uh, as I kind of alluded to in the beginning having uh, that jack-of-all-trades master of none you know understanding a, a bunch of different pieces and being good at at some of them um, really comes in handy in this role I am amazed. I, this, this is you're a very humble person, and I appreciate that. But it really is incredible that you went from leaving college early to within a matter of what a year and a half becoming de- deputy director of MEO. Uh, no, no, no. Um, yeah, it was a little bit longer than that. But um, uh, yeah, actually, well, yeah, about well, 2000. I, I went to MEO in, in, in 2000. I graduated from high school in 1990. Uh, so I'm giving you everybody my age here. Um, I graduated from high school in 1990, and in 2000, I was um, hired at MEO. Um, so in between that stretch, I worked for, um, well, I was working for Pizza Hut. I, I worked for, you know, I had a whole bunch of different, again, you know, trying to get by and, and living in Maui and go to going to college, too. I went to uh, Maui Community College. Um but um, the the idea of you know okay so you got to work at I worked at Pizza Hut delivering pizzas I worked at Liberty House um, it used to be Liberty Macy's now um, I worked uh, for um, uh, the a locksmith company I got a lot of more management experience there and you know dealing with um, uh, different things and challenges and customer service um, I worked for Foodland uh, as a cashier that was again that was you know good customer interaction you got to you know talk to people constantly right so. Uh, it got me out of my shyness because I was like, I, you won't believe it, but I'm actually by nature an introvert. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people have a hard time understanding that, but actually by nature I am I am an introvert. And I have uh, it's funny because I have no problem talking in front of a thousand people. I can stand up and give a speech in front of a thousand people. It's this one-on-one interaction that I actually have a, a more of a challenge with. Yeah. But you're doing yeah. great. Yeah. I'm yeah. well. It's, I'm talking to a whole big audience. On you're your talking podcast. to a big audience. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm. But, I'm. Yeah. I'm just. Um, I want to commend you because you went. You're the American dream. You. You really are. You're a farmer's kid um, who who just stacked skills and experience until you got the the right um, mix of everything, and now you're. You're the second in command for yeah. for Maui County. So um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I um, definitely was blessed with opportunities, and and it's you know all of these pieces and, and every step, almost every step uh, and decision that I've made as far as my career goes, um, I could see where you know the things that I learned before benefited me for that current job and you know and, and even so even to today, um, having run MEO, you know, having the, you know I have like management experience, financial experience. MEO had a lot of uh, different funding sources, 72 different funding sources, and they all had uh, their own restrictions and, you know, uh, complications and contracts and grants and things. And so I had to learn all of those different things. And so it all kind of makes this job easier. Um, labor management, you know, dealing with uh, 
all kinds of issues. You know, it's funny managing uh, money is much easier than managing people. Really? Oh yeah. Gosh, yeah. it's much easier. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> even in the political environment of the county, managing money is much easier than managing people. Um, it, it's just the nature. You know, everybody has their own personality, and they all have the issues. And you know, they they you know I empathize with a lot of them. And some of them, you know, you got to kind of kick in the butt and you know tell them you know, grow up and you know you. you be thankful you have a job kind of situation but we deal with unions and things like that too so it's a little bit more challenging um but really uh, I, the foundation of who i am and what has led me to this and what keeps me going is um is really god and my faith um, and it's something that you know i trust in God, I trust in His direction for my life, and Him um, providing me with, you know, the the decision-making skills and you know that wisdom that I need to to be the managing director or to be a father, to be you know a, a community member. Everything that 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 I am, you know, I base on that foundation, um, and it's something that I didn't come to until you know later on in my life uh, but uh, you know once I think finally started uh, focusing on that when I was about 20 uh, and uh, really since then I can see my life uh, you know had being being you know th there's a there's a proverb um, that says trust uh, not in your own understanding but in all that ways acknowledge um, God and he will direct your path and that's something that is really um, uh, kind of one of my one of my foundational pieces. And uh, you know, it's it's something not not everybody understands, um, but it's something that. Uh, and I don't. And I'm not like overtly. You know. You know. You got to be a Christian. You got to. You know. Acknowledge God. Kind of a situation. Um, but for me, this is just my own personal uh, beliefs and something that I uh, really hold to my core values and uh, really believe that it has helped me um, in all of those challenges. Yeah, because my job now is incredibly challenging. We're dealing with uh, fires recently. Um, we're dealing with now um, protesters, um, you know, uh, right as we speak, we're talking about the, the uh, opposition to the 30 meter telescope and uh, some of the things that are going on not just on the big island but here in Maui County um, there are demonstrators and there are you know people that are um, wanting to you know, express their desire to protect our aina and um, it's something that is you know I, as government you know we're seen as you know the opposition but uh, to to help them to understand that we're all a part of the same community right and we all need to work together and, and it, funny because I've known some of the, the leaders of the protesters uh, or protectors group for a couple decades or so and you know and, and, you know we're friends and work together on different things and um, it, but to understand that we really um, have to work together you know if we really want the best community we really want best for our community we got to work together and that's a real um, key factor of of my role as managing director my door is always open you know i don't I always, i'll meet with anybody you know it doesn't matter if you hate the county you're yelling you're you have problems you love the county it doesn't matter um, I'll, I'll meet with you and, and 
Hitchcock story and figure out, you know, the, what is the core of um, of the issue? Because you know, a lot of times, they're the core is is that they're trying to express something and they haven't been listened to, right? And so I'll take the opportunity to to listen to um, try to evaluate uh, what the situation is. And you know, if it's something that we can help with, great. If it's something we can't, then you know, we we understand that too. But so what was the catalyst for, for your faith becoming sort of that pillar that, that guides you through your leadership? Um, I guess the, the catalyst was, uh, you know, a good pastor, um, for one thing, expressing the... Um, I was going through some challenges, you know, it was late teens, you know, early 20s, you know, kind of getting in my life, and I had had you know uh accident and it was kind of just down hard you know what, what called downtrodden i guess is the right word for that right you know and, and um just you know not sure of what i was supposed to be doing and you know how i was supposed to be living my life and things and um you know and and so he told me i well you're in the right place and you know you, you and they can they, he showed me how to to listen to God for um, direction and, and, and path, and uh, that really helped me. Because, well, what really helped was, you know, I'm more of a scientific guy. I'm, you know, I, 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 one plus one equals two kind mm. of situation, right? And um, and when you're looking at that, it's hard to get to this concept of faith um, with, you know, believing in things without seeing. Uh, but it happened to be that when I did initiate that faith, then God showed up and proved me right. I mean, you know, he proved himself to me, if you want to call it that, where he didn't have to, but, you know, he, he did. And I ended up, um, and so, you know, when I would go to him for direction and, you know, ask, you know, should I do this? Should I make this decision? Every time I did... Um, every time he provided that that voice to me um, in which direction to go or what opportunity to put in front of me sometimes it was no and I didn't realize it was no or why it was no until later um, sometimes it was yes of course and so um, though when I look back at that that's really what I mean I don't say God proved himself to me and, mm. you know and that that faith then was something that I could I could touch you know you know like uh, I don't know you know, doubting Thomas wanted to touch Jesus' um, holes in his hands, right, you know, in his uh, hole in his side so that he could see that, that yeah, that was really him, right? Um, you know, that that ability that I had to see that, yeah, if I trust in him, if I just hand that at all, that big pieces in my life to him, then it would, it worked out. Um, and so it, and it has, you know, and that's kind of that, and you know, just the, the once you start understanding the beauty of um, creation, uh, it's hard to imagine it without, you know, some kind of divine intervention, right? Um, and that's why, you know, I think people, uh, all peoples from all, all over the world have 
faith or they have you know some understanding of of something larger than than them you know hawaiians had their own gods and you know they had their own structure of things and they could see uh, you know the the aspect of of god or a god in in everything that they did and uh and i understand that because that once you start to evaluate things in that manner it it comes to to light that hey you know there is something bigger than just me and moving forward and things like that so yeah i mean i thought we got we got distracted here from yeah my, my role as managing director but it's a foundation you're asking me about you know my, my foundation and my um, what makes me tick so that's exactly and and part of my question was because you seem like you said scientifically minded uh, very analytical so yeah. it, it does interest me when somebody who has this background with budgets and numbers and it and and very um definitive things um, also has that that belief in something bigger that's that's more amorphous and undefinable. Right. Um, and you know, one of the things about your history is that you've been a, a public servant for much of it. Mm -hmm. um, so so it, I just wanted to to touch on that because it does seem like a, a big aspect of your life. But sure. to switch gears a little bit, um, you mentioned the fires. What are some of the other big concerns, you know, either literal fires or figurative fires that you see for Maui County right now? Well, Maui County as a government, um, and, and that's, I, I, I wanted to define that because um, a lot of thing, times, you know, when we look at Maui County, you're thinking about the whole aspect of everything, which is important. And I know, um, there's, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't want to play that down at all but um, my role as as budget director and as as managing director are more um, based on the county government itself right the mayor is more focused on um, you know the the current the population how you know all of those interactions and things and um, my role is making sure that the services that are expected of our county government are provided and that you know we um, that we have uh, the best performance and you know the most financially um, prudent manner and things like that. So um, uh, I focus on you know the the infrastructure uh, of the county, right, to make sure that we have um, our water system in place so that you know when you turn on your faucet, you have a nice, clean, fresh water. You know that's safe to drink. Uh, those are really key factors that people take an advantage of right you know we, we drink our coffee here and you know um, we expect that it's not going to kill us you know um, but so uh, you know that, that's something that uh, or at least not kill us quickly maybe slowly the caffeine will kill us slowly but um, the the aspect that we have of um, making sure that when you flush your toilet you know that that goes someplace and that it is managed properly and that we're not killing our environment and that we're dealing with that situation um, our trash and and you know maintaining and managing it appropriately and trying to reduce the amount of trash that we have on our island community um, those are all important aspects of, of county government operations and uh, as we look forward in the short term you know we have a problem just making sure that everything that we have uh, is maintained properly is operating you know that's that's really you know it, a lot of attention is focused on oh what about the future and this and that and it's very important but uh, we can't let that um, 
prevent us from making sure that we have you know today operating and you know we have our police out there we have our fire out there putting out fires on a regular basis and um, planning for okay so you know how can we do that for today tomorrow um, and then we look at this this future right of uh, our current uh, position um, you know our current generation and you know Hawaiians try to look at things uh, seven generations out you know how the decision that we make today how will that impact our uh, community our um, our kids kids kid, you know seven generations out there and uh, you know that's how they did such a good job stewarding these islands for uh, for centuries and we try to do uh, the best job we can uh, with that stewardship in our roles now, understanding you know decisions that we make and, and the impacts that we have. So, managing our planning department, you know, uh, realtors are. Uh, I haven't even focused on okay, what maybe the audience is interested in. Uh, you know that that kind of aspect of uh, you know what is it that we want our community to look like? Um, do we like the way it looks today? Um, what can we change about it? What can we, um, in the near future, you know, we're talking about a, our community plan, right? We did the general plan. We uh, have a Maui Island plan. We have uh, Molokai and Lanai have basically island plans. We're working on our West Maui community plan right now, uh, and we'll be uh, trying to work on uh, South Maui here very shortly as well. And we, you know, look at, okay, so what is it that, we have a desire to keep in our community what do we have a desire to change and un unfortunately these are really short-term um, I mean that short-term a year but short-term we're talking you know five ten years uh, and those kind of things are um, important to to understand because the pieces that we put together and, and what kind of development we allow what kind of uh, things that we have our community, what pieces make our community up, uh, what's important in, in our life and what our priorities are for our uh, land use um, responsibility affects our community itself. And um, so, you know, it's really important that uh, we're engaged in that process. All of us need to be engaged in that process of, uh, of you know, if you care about our community and you care about where we're going and what we what this community should look like then being engaged is really important uh, if you care that you want to have parks for your kids to be play sports in if you care that you want um, to have open space or if you care that there's housing for our people um, you know then that's where you need to get engaged in those community processes so that we can take a look at you know um, there there's there's opportunities we have um, and, and growing and so those short-term goals one of the biggest issues um, and this is mayor victorino's number one campaign issue and it continues to be as managing director my implementation of uh, of a lot of of what I do is focused on housing. Um, we have a deficit. Our our housing uh, division of our Department of Housing and Human Concerns um, put together some numbers that we are short uh, around fourteen thousand units by we or we need we're short. I forget exactly how much right now, but we need about fourteen thousand units by twenty twenty five. And if you think about it, we're almost in twenty twenty here. That's five years from now. There's no way we're going to build. 14,000 units when we were only building a hundred or 
200 a year and um, so how can we as a community first of all I mean that's based on our current need if you look at what the housing requirements are uh, how can we achieve that when you know we're looking at uh, I mean you, you guys know the statistics about sales and, yeah. and, and housing and things like that new new units um, way more than I do and it's just um, there's no way if you look at that that need and are we ever going to be able to achieve that without us figuring out something and working together to make it happen and do you um do you see any any potential solutions do you do you have any directions that you would want to go in yeah so um uh, the mayor and i uh, are working on you know this prioritization of of uh, what he calls attainable housing um you know and, the, and this the, the opportunity that we have to become um homeowners is is important you know it is the american dream um or it was i guess was the american dream um that i think is kind of shifting a little bit too a lot of people aren't necessarily looking at wanting to invest all of their money in, in mm. you know well i think home. what's what's changed a lot with the change in affordability and, and the change in just how people live um is that now the goal is just secure housing yeah. I think the, <laughs> yes. way, yeah. the way that, that many people, I, I think the statistics say that most people, if, if they were challenged with a, a sudden cost of $6,000 or $10,000, their bank accounts would be wiped out. Correct. Um, so, so I think that it's not so much that people don't want to have their own home anymore. It's just that that dream has become a bit far out of reach right. for most people. Yeah, I mean, when you're looking at, at median price of homes in Maui being you know around eight hundred thousand dollars that's it's unachievable for a lot I mean that in fact I mean based even on with my salary I don't even think I could afford a eight hundred thousand dollar house you know so um, how how does that work that our people can can afford to have that investment and um, you know so we have uh, laws in place you know we have uh, this workforce housing ordinance and uh, we have some other opportunities that we have to um, provide uh, attainable housing that's for sale and and I think the other part of it is a deficit of, uh, of safe and secure housing that's rentals you know that is a, a lower cost so they can uh, you know focus on you know their their children's education their own education their um, ability to to get out of debt rather than just incurring you know if you homeowner you got lots of uh, challenges and lots of expenses along with that that mortgage so uh, you know and the, and the sometimes you know just being in more and more debt as well and you know let alone having savings in case there's a, a disaster so those are kind of key factors but so so what we're doing is um, what what I'm doing as managing director is getting the departments together um, and making sure that it's the department's priorities as well so when an application for a uh, building permit application comes in for an affordable housing uh, project, uh, those applications uh, get priority, right? So the uh, departments are required to provide a response to the contractor within 15 days. You know, so they they can't let it sit more than two days on their desk without looking at it, and they need to re 
provide a response within 15 days. Because that's been one of the big critical things is, you know, the county takes a long time. I mean, getting a permit, you know, building permit it shouldn't take six months to two years. Um, so we're looking at those those things and, you know, seeing how our departments can prioritize them. Uh, but it's a it has to be a combined effort too uh, and i've uh, in fact i was just meeting with the construction industry of maui's um, leadership the other day uh, because it's not just the county it's the consultants you know it's got to be a partnership you know if we respond within a couple of weeks then we need them to respond back to us if there's a question uh, right away and you know um, and not to provide us with uh, i don't say shoddy work but you know work that the, the more uh, things need to be revised on it because it doesn't meet the code, you know, building code or things like that. Then, uh, then the more time it takes, right? So if if we have a complete application that is, uh, you know, meets every single standard and and that there is, then um, we can probably actually get a permit out really shortly. Um, the the biggest challenge uh, with this nowadays is shpd right uh, state historic preservation division um, they are the the biggest hurdle right now that we're trying to overcome and so we're trying to figure out how to make that work um, in in getting through their approval processes and their review uh, and it's important uh, you know they manage the um, if it's a a construction project in Central Maui. There's been a lot of criticism about the the sand and the movement of sand, and you know if there's bones in there and things like that. That's and that's the division of the state that oversees that process, right? And so um, it's not something we can ignore. It's mm. something that we have to embrace and and work with. Uh, so we're trying to figure out ways to to get. Um, through that as well because the county itself i mean we have our own construction projects that we can't move forward with because we're waiting for the state shpd so you know you know we got our own challenges but um as far as uh what you know would typically consider affordable housing or, or housing for our our people um yeah, usually we talk about from um median income maybe a little bit more than median income uh, of 120 percent or so um, down to to transitional housing and getting people out of homelessness right and uh, those uh, generally on the lower end of the scale we're talking about rentals mm -hmm. um, and uh, we need to make sure that we have a lot more safe and secure rentals available to our community the county uh, did do a project up in Kulamalu uh, we have uh, 56 rental units up there and it's uh, you know we built it uh, on land that was uh, part of the Kulamalu development so there was infrastructure there um, it's you know decently priced and we got units there and now Halemaha'olu helps to manage that and we have families that um, have a safe secure uh, place to live that they can afford and that's really one of the key factors and so I'd like to see more projects like that um, especially infill uh, there's a project that uh, just uh, had their grand opening uh, a couple weeks ago in Kihei, that was an infill project. Uh, the developer could have gone market, and they decided that they wanted to do workforce housing. And it was, you know, a lost opportunity financially for the developer, but it's something that really benefited our community. It's, you know, close to uh, food land and, you know, the, the resources over there, close to bus routes, close to employment centers, uh, close to the beach, you know. So the uh, amenities are, are um, very useful for um, 
not just uh, affordable housing, but any, you know, I mean, anybody, would, I would say, oh, hey, I'd like to live there, you know, right across from Cove Park, you get to go surfing and um, not have to worry about uh, driving a lot if you work in Wailea uh, at the hotels and things like that. So it's, it's good opportunities, but we need more of those. We need mm. a lot more of those. Um, that was, I forget, 88, no, it wasn't even, it was 40, it was 40 something units, about 40 units, let's say, and we're at 14,000 need. <laughs> uh, we got a long, long way to go. Um, so infill projects, I'd like to do more infill projects. I'd like to um, work with those that are, um, uh, that have land in, you know, urban areas to uh, provide more, especially rental housing or, or condominiums, things like that, that uh, work on. You know, the county is investing millions of dollars in Wailuku. Um, we have a project uh, that is in the Wailuku redevelopment area. We are currently working on the infrastructure, upgrading the water lines and sewer lines, roads, drainage, and we're gonna be building a parking garage where the municipal parking lot is now. That will provide uh, an investment and opportunity for uh, owners of land in that area to uh, hopefully build more housing as well. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of um, people, this is the still the the business center um, and definitely government center of Maui uh, as much as it can be and so we want to make sure that those uh, opportunities for for housing, you know, if you live in Numailuku, you could walk to work and not even have to own a car at some point. And, you know, if we have a, if we have a public transportation system, a walkability, bikeability in our community, then um, maybe, you know, they can save money and not have to operate a car and, and have the insurance and gas and all those kind of things as well as a car payment. Um, you know, that's that's a benefit and that, that help, makes housing more affordable too. Um, you know, so yeah, more infill is definitely something I'd like to focus on and uh, work with those landowners that have uh, the land available. Unfortunately, it costs more. Uh, there are, uh, you know, land that's that's entitled costs more than that open space that we have. Yeah, I think 85, 90% of our land on Maui is still in conservation or ag. Uh, so it's cheap, right? Twenty, twenty-five thousand an acre, and you can get a lot of uh, units on an acre. That's why we have these applications that are coming before us um, for two hundred one H, you know, state um, land use exemptions, uh, and and lots of other exemptions they ask for, uh, the, because the land is cheap, right? Um, unfortunately, the infrastructure is expensive to get mm. there, um, and the maintenance of that is harder, but. So if we can utilize land that uh, may be a little bit more expensive, um, but the county makes sure that the infrastructure is there, make sure is county's responsibility as a utility provider to make sure that the water's there, make sure that the sewer's there, um, and, and make sure that the, the capacity for the growth is, is there. Um, recently, the county council uh, changed the law for um, opportunity to provide accessory dwellings um, in and and for central Maui that's a, a huge benefit uh, a lot of the communities of Kahului uh, that were built up in what was considered dream city are um, large lots they're you know anywhere between 7,000 and 12,000 square feet lots and typically uh, up to that decision the county council made last year uh, they had only been allowed to have uh, the one home and a 500-square-foot 
uh, accessory dwelling or ohana unit. And with uh, that change, the uh, it went up to two units, two accessory units, and then depending on the size of the lot, you can get a, a lot larger home on there too. So uh, or accessory cottage, ohana, whatever you want to call it. Um, that's a real key factor to affordable housing. So it'll put a, it'll put a stress on our infrastructure. Uh, we have to make sure that the the water is available. Uh, we have to make sure that the sewer system has the capacity to do it. Uh, we have to work with Maui Electric to make sure that they have the electrical capacity to to have it happen. But um, that's what I see as as a you know drive towards the solution of hitting fifteen thousand units. Uh, I, I know Mayor's goal um, is. Uh, he wants a thousand units within the next two years completed. Um, he wants uh, five thousand units completed within the next four years. Um, that's a pretty lofty goal, considering that we only get, I think, on average, the last ten years has been a hundred and fifty units or something like that um, <laughs> a year. That's a, a very lofty goal. So you know that that drive that makes sure you know me as the managing director. My role is to now implement you know, <laughs> his vision, and uh, so that's uh, what's driving uh, me to make sure that this gets done too. So. Um, Realtors, developers who are listening to this, if you're out there and you have ideas and you have um, uh, opportunities, you have you know partners that you deal with that have land in uh, urban areas that we can work on infill. Call me. Um, you know we want to talk to you. We want to work with you. We want to help you to get this job done, and we want to make sure it's as easy as possible. Um, we know that we can't do it. The county cannot build the units, right? I mean, uh, we have once in a while a project where you know we're basically the owners and we have project managers and you know but for one thing we're definitely not construction uh, contractors but um, we can't do it alone we need we need that partnership and so um, those of you are listening if you if you can if you have an idea if you have opportunities if you have uh, land or or you know maybe dilapidated units that you want to talk to us about um, to come call me and and we'll meet we have a group uh called uh it's called the attainable housing for maui nui uh that i lead and we meet uh, at least twice a month and sometimes i think month of july we're planned to meet five times because we meet internally um, with the different departments to facilitate to make sure that they have what they need to work the process through and you know we're talking about the different challenges that they're trying to overcome and then we meet with uh, developers we meet with landowners and say okay well you know we have projects that that they have projects that are coming up to county council for review through the either 2-1-H process or uh, the 2.96 workforce housing ordinance process or we have um, infill projects that we work on you know so those those meetings will we'll sit down and we'll gather the departments in planning public works water environmental management sit down one-on-one -on -one with you and talk to you about your project and and how um, we can get it done and, and get it done in a timely manner with a cost-efficient manner so that we have housing available we're very thankful for our uh, affordable housing committee chair, Tasha Kamu. We worked very well with her uh, in making sure that you know the things are reviewed uh, in a timely manner at the council and that they're advocating for the right things. Uh, we're going to be having a um, 
housing summit I'll, I'll let you know Jason about that later it'll be in October and uh, you know a conference that we're gonna be looking at this problem and uh, not just talking about it but you know okay let's put the pieces together to, to get that hammer to nail and get keys in people's hands I mean that's really that key factor is what can we do to get people's uh, you know hands filled with keys and shelter over their head um, as the kind of functions that we do so uh, yeah, yeah, that's probably, you know, you ask me what the, the short or what, you know, what I see the future need is. This, this is all the short term stuff. You know? mm. I, I think of short term as, as what we're doing in the next, you know, five, ten years. Um, current operations as well as, you know, how can we achieve this, um, this need that we have. Um, if not, then our community won't be the same. It can't be the same. Um, and we need to be ready to change so that we can, we can, you know, move forward and not, I mean, you know, I have most of my classmates moved away and never came back. Um, and, and, you know, that some of them are coming back now uh, as they get, you know, more towards, you know, you know mid-level careers. They can afford, you know, they have uh, decent, um, decent incomes. They can come back here. But... Um, a lot of the kids move to Vegas, right, or move to the mainland. You know, it's, um, even Mayor's son lives in Vegas. I mean, he could, he, he could afford to live here, but um, you know, uh, he has one son here and one one son in, in Vegas. And um, I have a lot of family, you know, all over the West Coast. My sister actually moved to um, Washington State, and with the equity they have, they had had in their home here, they almost have no mortgage in, in Washington, wow. you know, the, um, in Olympia. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just the, the reality of, of housing on Maui is just so expensive. And it's, it is our biggest challenge, um, not just from, uh, you know, our own personal pocketbook, uh, but as a government, as a community, you know, how can we make sure that we have housing uh, that our, our people you know i i don't want to say local people i mean you know, it's it's our it's everybody's our people but our people that you know are the ones that are living here that are working here that are um uh raising their families here you know that that's that's what really what we're concerned with and making sure that we have available to to that um making sure that those that want to retire here have the opportunity to to retire here as well uh, you know, and making that those pieces put together. So, those are the the immediate goals that we're looking at. And to get to, you know, uh, actually was reading a study in from 1973. I think it was 1973. Um, it was talking about affordable housing and the need for affordable housing. Basically, you could write a, write that thing today. Oof. Yeah. And so, you know, we look at that. That was you know 50 years ago, uh, almost 50 years ago, and and that. Um, piece of okay well this problem has been around for that long but we can't just talk about it right? yeah um, it, we got to start and if it's a hundred units it's if it's a thousand units it, we, we got to start you know and that's we got to achieve that and if we don't if we just see that huge 15,000 unit need and and say oh that's insurmountable um, then yeah we are never going to get to that we take it in small chunks and move forward so yeah, yeah, that'll hit. That'll hit uh, our biggest needs. Yeah. Now, um, you've been very generous with your time, and I do have some other deeper questions I would like to ask. But I'm thinking we're going to have to save those for next time. 
um, because I want to get to my five questions that I ask everybody. And I sort of sprung these on you. In previous instances, I've given these questions to guests in advance, like Roy. Um, you did not get that benefit, so I'm just going to spring these on you now. Sure. Um, first off, what book would you recommend? Oh, that's easy. The Bible. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and that, I mean, yeah, okay, it's a, it's a foundation of faith. Um, but, um, you know, we always talk about wanting a, a, a manual, right? You know, when, you, when you're going through, you know, trying to figure out how to get your, your DVD to work or your TV or your computer or whatever you want, instruction guides, right? Um, uh, we watch YouTube videos about how to do everything nowadays. <laughs> And, uh, you know, and so we always want some kind of instructions. And uh, what I look towards in, in that book is, is instructions. Um, there are uh, especially some letters um, that were written by uh, uh, Paul and some, some other apostles that really um, provide us with how to live our lives, how to be a good member of our community, um, how to interact with each other nicely, you know, how to love one another. Um, and those kind of, uh, those kind of things are, are written there and, and provided to us. And I think that it's a decent, uh, book that even if you don't quite have that same foundation that I do or the same faith that I do in, in, in one God, or, you know, you're, if you're just exploring, um, read those letters and read that those that that kind of piece of it where it really does give you instruction about how to live your life and how to be a servant leader and how you know how to help one another and be kind to one another and all that kind of stuff so you're so, you're a new testament guy yeah, yeah okay I'm a new testament guy. <laughs> yeah. um what is guaranteed to make you smile well my kids yeah, yeah. anything in particular um, nah just I mean, bam. other than being, being pains in the butt once in a while. Um, no. um, uh, just, you know, I appreciate watching them um, grow, watching them achieve, um, watching them um, uh, live their lives. And, you know, sometimes I have to interact and, you know, kind of guide them in the right direction. And sometimes, you know, they can do it on their own. And when they can do it on their own, then, you know, um, it, it makes me... You know, even even more so proud that you know um, that they're they're good. So anyway, yeah, smiles. Yes, it's definitely definitely kids. All right, what goal do you have that you haven't achieved yet? That's a hard one. Um, I because um, I, I, I I never really had the goal to be the managing director. I never yeah I, I never even really had to be a goal to be the the head of MEO. Um, my goal is is helping people you know and and supporting our community and i guess that's something that i can live with i can do the job to the best of my, my ability but i don't think i'll ever achieve um I, the, there's there's always going to be a need there are always going to be people that that have challenges there's always going to be um, parts of our community that um, need a little bit better, uh, you know, helping hand, and so I, I don't think I'll ever achieve that final goal. Um, but that's okay. That you know, I'm, I'm okay with that. You know, that's every day. You know, is is understanding. You know, what I can do to make things better today, and um, and if 
that can help for the future, wonderful. But did I do something uh, to make somebody better today? That's a solid answer. That's better than my answer. My, my answer is I, I haven't gone to clown college yet. That's, that's really... <laughs> so you got me beat there. Um, and I feel a little bit weird that I just confessed that. But there we go. Um, all right. What is something that you've learned recently? What is something that I've learned recently? Um, gosh, that's an even harder one. Um, I mean, I'm learning every day. The the in intricacies of our systems that we have at the county, uh, regulations that we we have to follow, the ones regulations that we implement, um, uh, laws, you know, all that kind of stuff. Are um, I had to learn about wastewater systems to understand injection wells and uh, how to deal with that and making sure that you know we're doing the best job that we can to prevent the use of injection wells. I mean that's that's one of my own personal goals and and you know one that we're working on is is you know what can we uh, do to to help our environment and you know that's uh, injection wells is one of the key focuses well we're getting sued on it right so you know we got to deal with that situation but um <sighs> injection wells yeah yeah you know I, i'm i'm learning more and more about um climate change um you know because w w when we were in school and you know high school we talked about the ozone layer you know is this big hole in supposedly in the in the uh earth's atmosphere that was above south america i mean south uh, uh what do you call that antarctica and mm. and um and australia maybe right now um, the impact of climate change is affecting us on a daily basis. I mean, you know, even even to the to the natural, um, the environmental issues that we're dealing with, um, with fires, with hurricanes. This this hurricane season is going to be intense. Um, uh, I, they they expect more hurricanes than we've ever had. Um, you know, so uh, we got to be vigilant. But we got to but understand that what are we doing to impact our. Um, our climate and how can we understand that climate change um, uh, how, we can, how can we adapt to that um, we have buildings in Kahana that are almost falling in the ocean um, and so what are we dealing with that so um, I, I probably you know that's one of the things that I'm learning more and more about is, is climate change and you know how we can deal with that especially from a government standpoint you know is it managed retreat you know is it um hardening of the of the ocean is it you know building uh, i heard they want to build a big wall around manhattan um <laughs> to combat sea level rise you know because i mean they have the money right that's that's the the money center of of basically the world right so if they have the money to build a wall around manhattan and keep the ocean from rising around there hey you know i don't know but um yeah so so but on maui uh, and maui county what can we specifically do um to to work on um you know we we deal with watershed protection uh, making sure that our watersheds are clean you know that are recharging our aquifers so that we have that safe clean drinking water we have um the um the um, soil uh, that's eroding and you know going into the ocean and that affects our, our near shore waters and our reefs and you know when I was in high school and going fishing it was easy nowadays you 
there's barely anything out there um you know so so uh, yeah impact of climate change is something that i'm learning more and more about every day um, so you're not about to announce that for the mayor's re-election he's going to run on a platform of build the wall for climate change no right? no not at all not at all <laughs> yeah just, let's start those rumors build the wall is, is everybody's strategy <laughs> that's walls they serve every problem yeah um yeah. Yeah. so finally just to to wrap it up i'm i'm gonna request that we do another interview in the future because I, I do want to dig in deeper with the, the climate change issue down the line. And, sure. Um, and I also... Well, let uh, me learn more first. Yes, yeah, so I'm going to wait until you learn more and um, and at some point in the future I want to I want to get into uh, upcountry water because sure. that was another thing that you mentioned. But I know you got to go. Yeah. One last final question. Uh, what one piece of advice would you give to anyone listening? Understand that your attitude makes a difference, um, that your attitude uh, makes a difference in your own life um, and the quality of life that you have. Um, make sure that your attitude, you know, know that your attitude makes a difference in the um, community that you live in and, and the quality of life of that community, um, in the success that you have in your own businesses and in your own aspects of your jobs. Um, it, it really is derived from your attitude you know there's a lot of things that we can't control um, we can't control the environment we, even though we want to try to we can't control um, the natural disasters we can't control other people um, but what we, what we can control is our our own attitude and and how we uh, deal with those situations and so that's what i tell your listeners to um, be aware um, of their attitude and and how it affects their own lives and those around them especially. All right. Thank you so much. This All was right. outstanding. Awesome. I appreciate it.